The following program is underwritten by... It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care rather than pain and punishment. That's why Dr. Roger Mugford from the Company of Animals created the Pet Corrector, which allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like barking with a simple... Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, here we are once again. I'm having so much fun. You know, we've been doing this, i got to say we've been doing it almost 15 years, and I'm still having fun every time, and I'm still learning great stuff about our animals we've learned so much but there's still more to learn today i'm going to learn how to pill a uh, dog or a cat without getting my knuckles bit (laughs) off or anything like that no suppositories i don't yeah do they even make those for the dogs uh probably i do i'm sure you can get it request them Uh, doc halligan's going to help me with that in just a couple of minutes right here on animal radio between now and then we're going to go to the phones for your calls toll free at 1-866-405-8405 yeah i know that's where you do it 8405 1-866-405-8405 you remember the, that lady that had to play you back like 10 times she, to get the number because you said it so She actually fast. had to record the show. Yes, and then, and then play then slow it, it back down just to yes, hear it. True she story. Said it yeah. too fast. Also on the show today, veterinary correspondent Dr. Marty Becker, and he'll tell you the five things that if you see them in your dog, you need to get to a vet immediately because it's an emergency. So that's all in the way. Coming up, I got to tell you guys about this. Um, he's a West Coast collector, and this guy collects something that is so bizarre. And how bizarre is it? His his business is in Venice Beach, California, where there's always a lot of freaky things there on the coast. <laughs> and what it has to do with animals, we're going to share with you in just a few minutes. I got to see this news story. It's truly incredible, so you want to stick around for this. Uh, Joey Volani, the dog father, what are you working on for the show today? The quarterly report, what you have to do to get your pet ready for the upcoming winter season. It's like uh it's like the car, you got to take it in for a rotation. Just like just mm. like the car. You know what? It's it's really it should be maintained throughout the year, but people forget, but this is the important time. So if you forget, listen now so you know what you don't have any problems going into the cold weather. That's on the way. Let's go to the phones for your calls right now. Hi Pat, how are you doing? Hi, good, thank you. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Tennessee. You are on with Dr. Debbie. Okay. Well, hi um, there. I've got, hi, how you doing? Very good. What can I do for you today? Um, I heard a caller call in on your show a while ago and mention that they had a dog who had cracked his teeth because they were chewing on some bones. Uh-huh. And we give, we've got a miniature schnauzer who's got very powerful teeth, and uh, we give her those Nyla bones. They're the really hard plastic ones. And she okay. goes through those like, Every couple of weeks, we got to replace them. And I was wondering if those are good for her, if we should be using something else. Well, in general, I think those are really good substitutes when we're talking about the alternatives from, you know, true bones to finding something that's going to be an acceptable alternative. Um, and I think the Nyla bone products are really um, pretty durable. But if you're doing what it sounds like you're doing when they start to show some signs of pieces being chewed or kind of getting broken down, that you toss it and you replace it. Um, because you can even still run the risk that, um, you know, a piece of that bone could get 
chewed up and swallowed and cause an obstruction. So if they're starting to really get um, some significant damage on that item, no matter how good it is, <laughs> it's best to replace that. Um, and, okay. and you could still feasibly maybe have a situation where um, a dog could crack a tooth on something like a nylabone. But um, if they hold up fairly well um, through regular use, then you'll have less of a problem with that than, say, a, a meat bone or steak bone. Okay. You're welcome. And there are some different types of the Nyla bones and the Nyla products. Um, a lot of those types of things, like the Kong toys, um, I'm a real fan of those. If, if your schnauzer is really um, a, an avid chewer, I think those kind of products hold up very well. Um, the main thing is we want to avoid toys or chew items that have little corners um, that have soft parts that can be broken off easily. And then with some of the edible type bones, you know, we watch to make sure that, you know, they may be edible, um, but we we have to watch out because some of those corn-based, cornstarch-based bones or um, potato bones, carrot bones, all of those things can cause just as much a concern. What about rawhide? Uh, You always hear rawhide's trouble. Yeah, and you know, I I like rawhides, but I like them in the right uh, use. Um, I'm not a real fan on those little flip chip kind of things um, or the knotted rawhides, but I do like there's a type of rawhide that's a compressed rawhide. And if you have a dog that is an avid chewer and needs to have something to gnaw on and maybe he's not a fan of some of these things like the Kongs or the Nylobones, compressed rawhide is the next best thing that I like to use. Um, my labs, um, it could take them hours to get through one versus, you know, a regular rawhide would be, you know, 20 minutes or less in their <laughs> big, strong jaws. So, yeah, I think that, that's a good alternative as well. This is Dr. Debbie, Animal Radio. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Fran. You are on with Dr. Debbie. What's going on in your life? Well, hi, um, Dr. Debbie. Uh, my son's brought home on August the 8th, they, he, they brought, brought home a puppy. Um, mm-hmm. And about two days after they brought the puppy home, she got really sick. They took okay. her to the vet emergency room, and the vet there said she had tested positive week for the parvo virus. Okay. I, I've never heard of parvo before. So... Um, they gave her some amoxicillin for two weeks and some other medicines and sent her home with my son. Um, okay. I'm a truck driver. I got home on a Tuesday. That would have been the 12th. And, um, I brought some penicillin and I gave her a shot of penicillin on the 12th and on the 13th. Um, after that, she did quite well. She's doing really good. Um, She's eating really good, running around the house now. Um, but I have, I mean, I have some questions because, like I said, I really don't know anything about this. Yeah. And I'm going to back up a little bit and ask you a couple of questions here. Um, what's the puppy's name? Um, Mary Jane. Mary Jane. <laughs> All right. And um, what breed is she? Um, well, we either think she is full-blooded German Shepherd or she's Dobie German Shepherd mix. We okay. we're not sure. Okay. And how old is she? Well, we believe she's either two or three months. Um, I don't think she's more than that because she still has her baby teeth. Okay. All right. 
Well, and, and do you know much of anything about her background, where she came from, if she had any puppy shots before you got her? She had no puppy shots before we got her. The only okay. thing we really know about the background is there were six in the litter, and two of them have died from this parvo. One was oh, very sick and in the hospital, and one was healthy as can be. We don't know about the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, you said they did test Mary Jane for the parvo, and it, she tested positive. Is that correct? Yeah. We, the doctor said positive weak or weak positive. Okay. I don't, I don't know what that meant. I, I, I'm assuming yeah, that... It's kind of a um, somewhat something we look at because if there's a possibility Mary Jean was just vaccinated prior to testing, sometimes we can get a weak positive. And that's why I was kind of trying to get some of that information out because um, that can make it very confusing. And I see that a lot of times when people suspect their dog might have parvo and they bring it into the vet and we vaccinate it and they don't tell us they think it's sick and you know it can make the interpretation of a test difficult so that's why i wondered if whoever had her beforehand you know had done any kind of preventative care in that way but we can also get a a weak parvo test doesn't mean that they have little bit of disease versus a lot of disease. But what it means is that we're not shedding a lot of the virus. And that's kind of how we pick it up on that test is, you know, we take a, unfortunately, a little Q-tip up the backside and we test for the amount of viral particles there. So if a pet has the virus but's not really shedding a lot in their poop, um, we don't pick up a lot in the test. It could be a weak positive test. Um, whereas there are some dogs that shed tremendous loads of virus and that test is just a flaring positive right away. So that's just what kind of that, giving them an explanation on that. Um, But you said you're not too familiar with parvo and, like, what the disease is all about. Um, uh, Have you been around since the 1970s, 1980s? The reason I was asking is historically parvo has been around for a good while, and it was about the 1970s, 1980s when the virus really started to come out, and it took control of the dog population, really devastated, um, you know, making many, many, many pets sick. Um, nowadays, we still see it, and um, it is completely preventable with vaccination, but there's always kind of a challenge in that um, the disease itself, and I'll give you a little background. Obviously, you know about it, but for those listeners that might not be familiar with parvo it's a virus that goes into basically the pet's intestinal tract and it uh, causes them to be unable to digest foods they vomit they have diarrhea a lot of times it's even bloody in nature Um, they get uh, a loss of appetite very dehydrated and uh, it's a very debilitating disease and it's highly fatal so um, a lot of pets you know even with therapy might not survive and i'd have to say that you know, um, I don't know what uh, was going on with uh, you know a veterinarian and what how the pet was treated, but for most pets, if they're very seriously ill with parvo, I hospitalize these babies and I get them on IVs, I get them on antibiotics, and we talk about anti-vomiting medicines. And there's there's a lot of things we can do for parvo, um, even Tamiflu, which they use for uh, human uh, influenza cases and viral cases. We use that for dogs with parvo. So there's a lot of really cool things to treat it. My suspicion is it sounds like Mary Jane had a very mild case of this um, since she was treating it treated in an outpatient fashion. But well, uh, a lot of dogs don't have that luxury, and it, it is very serious, and it's it's a bad disease to get. Well, I have a quote. Well, she was really bad. I think what helped it happened is um, 
they wanted to keep her there overnight, but I didn't have the money. Like I said, my kids just brought her home. Mom, you know, we love this dog. And being a mom, and two days later, she was so sick, so I didn't have the funds. So they gave me the amoxicillin, and the doctor said, well, try this. And she gave me a couple of other things on my son's. And then when I came home, I actually stopped at a feed store on my way home because I'm a truck driver and got some penicillin and gave her the extra doses. And I think that may have helped her um, as well, you know, but she's really strong now. Well, good. I'm glad she's pulling through that. Um, and, and I want to kind of clarify one thing is that, you know, the antibiotics don't treat the virus. Um, it's a virus that the body has to really fight and kick it on its own. And we support the pet during that. But antibiotics are important, but for a different reason. And, and it's because parvo kind of attacks the lining of the dog's intestinal tract. And it makes it very susceptible, the pet, to, to acquire a bacterial infection on top of things. And they can become septic. So antibiotics are generally given when, with parvo cases, but it's, it's not really treating the infection. It's just treating this, you know, the tag along problems. And then the one other thing that we really need to talk about is, you know, is how do you prevent this? And, um, you know, what can we do to ensure that, you know, either your friends or your family members, you know, their dogs don't get parva? That's a really big question here. And have you tried anything so far or has your veterinarian advised you of things? Well, we've been, she hasn't been around any other dogs. Um, We've been reaching her cage down and uh, we are keeping her confined into the um, kitchen area and that, and of course, mopping the floor all the time with a bleach solution. Um, okay, good. And really washing her toys off. In fact, what we did is throw all of her her toys away, and I went out and got her some new toys once she got a little healthier. Yeah, yeah, and this virus is really, the virus is very durable, and it can last indoors for, gosh, you know, there's some studies that say even six months to a year um, outside. Is the best way to keep it, kill it? I'm sorry? Is bleaching the best way to kill it? Yeah, the best way to actually deal with the virus is to give or to apply a dilute bleach solution. And and I generally use about a a half a cup diluted into a gallon of water. Um, Shouldn't burn your eyes or your pet's eyes. Um, And obviously you can only use that on solid surfaces, you know, kennel areas, floors. You know, and that's what's hard is the carpet. You just can't disinfect that. So any kind of surfaces, you know, you can clean, do your best. But there's no way to be absolutely certain you can eliminate that virus and sit back and go, whoo, you know, it's gone. <laughs> um, now, but it would definitely, definitely be very important to talk about vaccinating. And, um, you know, we want to vaccinate all puppies for parvo. And there's a, we want to have at least three sets of puppy shots between the weeks of six and 16 weeks of age. So if you got a puppy out there and, and you're worried about this, this is something we can prevent. You need to make sure we get those vaccines done. Um, now, I and have then, a question about the vaccine. Now that she's had the parvo and she's starting, like she's really good recovering, when can I give her or when can I take her for shots? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And um, most dogs that recover from parvovirus have excellent immunity and won't get the disease down the road. Um, and so that's the good thing. But still, the other diseases that are you know potentially out there for pups are, are still a concern. So I generally like to make sure they're fully healthy for at least a three to four week period before we start um, introducing the other vaccinations. So we want to make sure she's healthy, feeling good, gaining weight, all of that stuff, and then. And, you know, get her back into her regimen of vaccinations because, yeah, there's there's definitely still a lot of other things out there that can pose a risk to her. Parvo is, you know, one, one thing also I want to mention is parvo. A lot of people think if you don't take your dog around other dogs that they can't get parvo. And I hear that a lot of times that people say, I never take my dogs out of the backyard. How can they get this? Well, we know pigeons fly from yard to yard and they often eat dog food that's in the backyard so even for pets that never leave the yard we can get like wild birds that travel from one yard to another and actually bring fecal matter along on their little feet Um, and humans we do the same thing so um, you want to make sure that if you are going out around other dogs that you're being cautious make sure they're only well vaccinated dogs especially if you have pups Um, but you know keep in mind you can do everything right and these diseases still can pose a threat well, thanks for your call. 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio is underwritten by Nutralife Ultra Joint and Liver Support. If your pet has difficulty walking or running, I encourage you to try Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Nutralife Pet with Sammy. Buy one box and you'll get one free just by using the code Animal Radio or call 1-844-PET-SAMI. That's 1-844-PET-SAME. Or you can visit them over at NeutralifePet.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Did that get your attention? That's how it works on your dog. Correcting undesirable behaviors. It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care, rather than pain or punishment. The Pet Corrector allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like excessive barking, stealing food or shoes, or chasing people and dogs. With a simple, you can stop all these problems. Find out more at www.companyofanimals.us and get the dog you've always wanted. Right, Max? Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. Your local pharmacist is also a HealthMart pharmacist, and they're not like other pharmacists. After mom's surgery, I was overwhelmed, but I was so relieved. Her HealthMart pharmacist was there to help. They explained her medication and even delivered to her house. Mom got the personal service she needed, and I got something even better. Peace of mind. Visit HealthMart.com to find a locally owned HealthMart pharmacy near you. HealthMart, caring for you and about you. How strong is Allegra D? It's jumping in a pile of leaves with my kids strong. Allegra D, a fast, non-drowsy antihistamine plus a powerful decongestant that starts relieving your toughest allergy symptoms in one hour. Yep, I am going to take that hayride strong. 
It's breathing free for 24 hours, even after a day of apple picking strong. Allegra D. Strong relief for your allergy symptoms, guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. Use only as directed. Hey, everybody. This is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band. Just want to tell everybody out there on Animal Radio, thanks for loving your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. We're celebrating the connection with your pets. Here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. That's the Dr. Debbie or for Joey Volani, the dog father. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Have you downloaded it yet? You should do it. Ask your questions anytime. Listen to the show. If there's a recall, you're going to find out about it first right on the Animal Radio app. And let me tell you, there's been a lot of recalls. So it's a free download. Go get it now. And it's also available for BlackBerry. I want to welcome WCRN, 8.30 a.m., brand new affiliate to the Animal Radio Network. Woohoo! And they are in Boston. So welcome, guys. The toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. Uh, we do this wacky thing on Wednesday. We call it Wacky Wednesday, where uh, we have you upload your wacky pet pictures to our Facebook page at Animal Radio. And uh, every week we give out great prizes from our sponsors for the wackiest pictures, the most likes, and the most shares. And this week, Miss Francis, what are we giving away? Well, do you believe in magic? Wow, you're a great singer. Yeah. Well, we have the Magic Latch. This is a little connector that goes between your leash and your dog's collar. It makes it real easy to hook up. You know what? Sometimes if you have if you have arthritic hands or you're wearing gloves or your dog is just jumping all over, you have a hard time getting that little hook while they're jumping all around trying to yeah. connect it to their collar. Well, this is a magic latch that just makes it so easy. Oh, great. And if that is something you would like, head on over to our Facebook page at Animal Radio. And if you don't have any wacky pictures of your pets, you can just go ahead and vote at the all, all the wacky pictures. Last week, again, was another stellar week with some amazing pictures. And uh, it's a suck. Time suck is what it is. <laughs> don't <It's>, say that. <laughs> it's, I'll go over there just to see what's going on, and I'll spend the next two and a half hours looking at pictures <laughs> and getting paid. See how that works? There you go. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Hello, this is Dr. Paul on Animal Radio. Take care of the pets and make sure that in these hot days that they get in lots of water and don't tie them outside in the sun because then they get a heat stroke. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Hi, I'm Lori Brooks. You know, we've known for a long time that male seahorses are more involved in parenting than other animals are, you know, since the male seahorse is actually the one who gets pregnant. But until now, scientists didn't really have the full picture. So it turns out that most of the parenting or rearing responsibilities for baby seahorses are also shouldered by the male. In fact, a new study shows that male seahorses, in addition to nurturing their growing embryos, will continue to feed and protect their offspring 
after the pregnancy, much like a human mother's role is. The scientists say they're already planning further research on this, that the evolution of animal pregnancy may be more consistent across species than was previously believed. A very rare two-headed albino snake was recently purchased by a West Coast freak show owner who paid $50,000 for this uh, snake. Her name is Medusa. She's three feet long and four years old. She's a two-headed Honduran milk snake that was born in Florida. And this proud new owner says he has wanted that same snake since the day it was born four years ago. But the price price just kept going up and up and up. Uh, By the way, this guy currently holds a Guinness World Record for having the biggest collection of two-headed animals. But he said this Medusa is actually perfect because she does not have a kink on her body at the point where her two heads join together. He says it's as if she was meant to have two heads. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just saying that's a rather odd thing to collect. Uh, there is a new fur baby in Hollywood among the famous. Soccer star David Beckham's wife, Victoria, has shared a video online that shows her so good-looking husband uh, indulging in play with their latest addition to the family, a beautiful black cocker spaniel named Olive, who is the family's fourth pet. They already have a Sharpay and two bulldogs named Coco and Scarlet. I'm Lori Brooks. You can get more breaking animal news anytime you need it at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Hi, this is Maya Bialik on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a Vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs, from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like Canine Advantix Flea and Tick Preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Stella and Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner can make for their pet. They believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry with organic fruits and vegetables. Meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaAndChewy's.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with your pets. Here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405, to reach out to Dr. Danny or Dog Father Joy Volani. Right now it is time for a Lucy pet segment with our good friend Doc Halligan. And I know that, Judy, you give medicines to the studio stunt cat every single day. Religiously. I don't miss a day. If the doctor says this is what they get, make sure they get it. Trust me, they get it. Now, you've been taking steroids for... uh, Since 2006. And every day, you haven't missed a day. I have not missed a day. Is that that good? 
You know, cats can tolerate it more than dogs can, and he's on a very low dose. So for him and his condition, yes, he can. Does he fight you when you try to give it to him? You know what? No, he doesn't. He's He's gotten really good at it. He just kind of expects it. Doc Halligan, I know when you send patients home and ask them to give medications, do you expect them to give the medications out? Do most of your patients give out the medications that uh, you ask them to, do you think? Well, I think most pet owners are like my mother. I go over to my mother's house, and she has like a... Uh, array of medications, right? And I'm like, Mom, why do you have so many medications here for pumpkin when you should have used them up, you know? She, oh, well, she didn't need to take them all. But, uh. yeah, that's the problem is that most people don't understand that when the doctor prescribes medication for your pet, there's a lot of thought behind how long we have to prescribe it for. And we try to do the shortest amount of time. But I would say the majority, probably 70% of pet owners do not follow our instructions, right? We don't have good uh, client compliance. And that does lead to problems like antibiotic resistance because people don't understand that the, the bacteria that's killed off first are the easiest. So the ones that are last are the hardiest uh, bacteria. And so if you're not doing the entire course, you run the risk of having that, not all the bacteria being killed. And then those are the ones that multiply. Okay. So you're, you're talking specifically about antibiotics right there. And antibiotics and, and in general though, I mean, like Judy, I'm sure you're, you know, you sound like you're the model pet parent. You know, oh, thank you. Doctor's instructions, but no, you can get into a lot of trouble discontinuing like a steroid too soon because oh. animals make steroids. There's a negative feedback so that if all of a sudden you, you're giving your pet something and then you stop it abruptly, your pet can't make its own endogenous stuff because it's been shut down. Uh-huh. So, I mean, we go to school, we have two years of pharmacology. Really? Um, That's impressive. Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. I mean, because think about it, nine times out of ten, we're prescribing something. We do have a DEA license. Now, do, uh, do you have any patients that abuse their animals, drugs. <laughs> yes. so seriously, because of course. You, you're, you're given a DEA license, which means yes. you're prescribing some drugs that obviously yes. are under enforcement. So, yeah, uh, like, yeah, like, yep, tramadol, Valium. I mean, you can have oh abuse all the time, and so we are regulated heavily now. We're prescribing tramadol, and an owner goes, "Oh, I lost my script or something like that." That has to get reported to the government that we had to second prescribe wow. it. Wow. So they're really um, cracking down on that now, I think, because there has been some abuse in the veterinary community. Well, the, you know, the other thing I hear why people don't give their medications to their animals, is it's not an easy thing to do. They say, I'm not going to put my fingers down their throat or in their mouth. Do you have any suggestions <laughs> right. or tips to help them? I mean, and really, I it's have tough. animals, so no, you're right. It's, it's horrible to have to uh, pill an animal that doesn't want to be pilled. Uh, so, no, I think the suggestions I have is, um, there's a couple. One, they have those things called pill pockets. I use those. Have you guys heard of those? Oh, yes, I they're use those. Little, did it, and did yeah, it work they're, good? They're, oh, yeah. They do. Joey, I had a client yesterday that said, wow, I can't believe my cat just, like, eats those right away. So, yeah, it, they do work. You, you hide the medication in a treat, and the animal takes it. The other thing, too, is psychologically, I think, 
It's kind of like when people go to brush their pets. See, you you try to you know make it seem like it's a fun thing for them because they're reading your vibe. So if you're nervous, you know what I mean. So you can't uh-huh. be nervous about it. It's like, oh my gosh, look, here's a treat. You know, make it positive for them, and also. You know, um, going into peeling an animal, it's really not as hard as it seems. It's just someone has to show you how to do it. Like with the cat, I always tell people nose to the ceiling, then the jaw automatically drops down, and then you just drop it in there. You see, that's a great and tip. It, Nobody knows that tip, but that's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, mine I, peel my cat. I peeled two cats, yeah. and one of my cats, he, he, he thinks it's a game. In fact, he knows yeah. when I go to see? get the pill, he runs because he wants me to go. Oh chase him and he hides and it becomes a big game that little well, booger and you play into it yes i do I go, you chase but him. See, well, judy's right make it be like it's fun especially something you're going to have to do like you're doing with the prednisone right all the time uh-huh and dogs you know i mean uh, we do get some clients with dogs that um you know they're smart and they know uh, i'm not taking that or they, or they <laughs> so, take it and they spit it out they eat the treat and they yes, spit it out they take oh i but hate that are, my dog is yeah. known for that my buster <laughs> he'll you know it don't matter how deep in the treat it is all of a sudden an hour later you find it on the floor and, and, and you're going, as soon well, as you leave take his medicine yeah. so exactly. what do you do joey well i you, give it to him just... he finally eats it yeah yeah, if he he ends up getting it. Just remember that you got to give all those medicines. If your doctor recommends yes. that you, you get these yes. medicines, they do it for a reason. And if you want to stop, call your vet and say, "Is it okay if I stop the medication early?" And they'll tell you yes or no. Great advice from Doc Halligan, the Lucy Pet Foundation. Learn more over at LucyPetFoundation.org. Animal Radio is underwritten by Pet Playgrounds. They are the makers of the safest and most reliable real dog fencing system in the world. A Pet Playgrounds fence can be installed by anyone on any terrain, even over rocks, tree roots, and uneven land. Hard to believe it's true, and it costs less than traditional fences. Use the code ANIMALRADIO at checkout, and you will save an extra 10%. Learn more over at PetPlayGrounds.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who is this? Ashley. Hi, Ashley. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi. Um, my husband and I owned an outdoor dog a little while ago, and we had to give her away because my husband ended up having really bad allergies from the dog, and we really want to own another dog, and so I was wondering if you recommended any certain type of breed that would work well. Okay, yeah. What, what kind of dog did you have? We just had a mix. It was a black lab. And was the choice to keep the dog outside because of the husband? Yeah, we knew that he had allergies, but we thought if the dog was outside, he would be fine. But I would pet the dog, and then all the hair would come inside with me. And In this oh, case, could yeah. we just have the husband live outside and the dog come in? <laughs> would, that be, would that work? <laughs> That's what I say, but he doesn't <laughs> like that idea. <laughs> Well, that depends on and what how severe your husband's allergies are. Because if it's mostly like hay fever type signs, you know that's one thing. But you know if we have someone who's really got a, a severe allergy where it could be like a life threatening issue, uh, boy, I think you'd have to make some tough decisions there about you know the pet consideration. As far as like for dogs, I'd say there certainly are some breeds that we kind of characterize as less allergenic. Um, but it, the basic thing with pet allergies when people are allergic to pets you know it's sometimes the hair but a lot of times it's actually the dander or the saliva so you know you can't really get rid of that with most of any dog so you're always going to have that but for 
dogs that shed, um, they spread those allergens more efficiently around the house. So you'll get hairs that distribute that all around for your poor dear husband to have to deal with at a later time. Um, so I would tend to look for dogs that, that don't shed. Um, and that kind of leaves you in the whole breeds of dog that, you know, we've got the kind you have to get clipped or shaved, groomed of some sort. Um, schnauzers, uh, shih tzus, poodles, um, bichons. And you can always go with, you know, something a little bit different and kind of quirky like the Mexican hairless breed dog which is, uh, <laughs> which is amazingly one of the most common winners of the ugly dog contest out there so. oh, they're just uh, they're just misunderstood <laughs> let us know if it works out okay I mean if you had to get rid of the husband or not okay <laughs> okay, okay. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Neutral Life Ultra Joint and Liver Support. If your pet has difficulty walking or running, I encourage you to try Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Neutral Life Pet with Sammy. Yes, Sammy, you've heard about it. Buy one box and get one free using the code Animal Radio. Call 1 844 PET SAMME. That's 1 844 PET SAME. Or visit NeutralLifePet.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This healthy helping of Animal Radio is brought to you by Solid Gold Holistic Pet Food, crafted with gold source core nutrition for your pet's optimal health. You know each Solid Gold recipe is perfectly balanced for a lifetime of happiness. Make the Solid Gold switch today. If your pet disappears one day, it's probably totally tragic for you as it would be for me. I know once or twice I've seen my cat disappear and head off into yard, different yards, and, and I'd lost track of it, couldn't find it for days. I thought it was missing, and it came back. But that's not always the case. In no. fact, when you lose your animals, you know there's a, a protocol you should follow, and we'll go, go through that in just a second. But right now we have Donna Lewis. She's the senior staff member at LostMyKitty.com and LostMyDoggy.com. Uh, I guess one for the cats, one for the dogs. She's a lost pet recovery specialist. Welcome to the show, Donna. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for having me. How are you today? Awesome. Tell us first of all about LostMyDoggy and LostMyKitty.com. Uh, well, uh, first we started with Lost My Doggy uh, back in 2008, and then uh, about three years later um, opened the sister site, Lost My Kitty. And uh, what we do is we issue animal alerts. Uh, it's kind of like a, an amber alert for lost pets. Um, what we'll do is we, we'll map out an area where uh, a dog, let's say, was last seen, and then we're able to gather all of the, the listed numbers for people who live in that area, and we contact them with a recorded broadcast, um, giving them a description of the pet and uh, the owner's contact number, um, and, of course, uh, the name of our website. And um, they can go and they can take a look, see a picture uh, of the animal, and um, hopefully they'll have some information and uh, be able to, co- to contact the owners and let them know where they've seen their dog or their cat or or other animal. Does that include when you say contact? Does that include landlines and cell phones? Yes, it does. Um, we have a uh, proprietary system where we're able to get all of the listed numbers. So what will happen is people who have listed their cell phones, for instance, with uh, public utility companies. 
um, wow. and, or you know anything where where that's the number that's listed like as their uh, their primary contact number, uh-huh. then we're able to get that um, in, with in a national database. We're nationwide, um, and so we can contact both their home number uh, or their cell number. How much does this service cost? Well, we have a free service and a paid service. Well, I'm sure the, the one where you pull uh, different telephones in the area certainly must cost something, right? Yes, that one we you know we do have to charge for, um, and that depends on how many calls someone has us do. So the package starts at 250 calls for 54.95, and we go all the way up to 5,000 calls, which is 399.95. You know what happens when I get one of those calls, right? Um, oh my gosh, <laughs> me too, Hal. I mean, this is uh, this seems like a great use of the system, and is much more important than uh, hearing what my local politician wants to push on me or whatever. But the second I know that there's a recorded individual on the other end and not a live individual, I've been told that my time is not worth it. I will hang up immediately. Although. That being said, I think this is a really good use of that particular system. Well, I think if you start out right away stating we're looking for a dog, then that would get my attention. But if it's just hi, I'm you know it would. Well, so that's what we do. For for uh, one thing, we do start out with very first thing is this is a lost dog alert or this is a lost cat alert and also the caller id shows up most people have that today and so Uh the caller id will show up and say lost my doggy so people kind of have some idea like what's this about and uh sometimes so many people are pet owners they're actually concerned that it might be somebody calling about their pet who maybe they didn't realize had gotten out so we fortunately we have a really great success rate because there are so many animal lovers out there and great. so many animal owners and so we really don't get a lot of hang-ups which frankly it really is amazing what else besides the uh, telephone polling do you do to help owners find their animals well we have a number of free services um, anyone can sign up uh, for the free service they don't have to buy anything at all and so we'll do free faxing and emailing of the flyers to uh, a lot of the local vets, shelters, rescue groups, groomers, uh, other animal-related businesses. By the way, that's how we found out about you. Oh, really? Yes, we got oh, one of your alerts. We got an alert. Yes. yes. You, uh, by telephone, by fax, by email? By email. email. Yeah. Really? But wasn't it... That is wonderful. I'm really happy to hear that. Anyone that's listening right now, and it, and it will happen. It always does. They get out. They get lost. What are some great tips? Uh, one of the first things is to immediately start posting flyers everywhere you can. And we do provide... That's another one of our free services... Uh, it's really important also to go to uh, the shelter. A lot of people, um, they just think, well, if my dog shows up at the shelter, they're microchipped, so they'll be scanned and the shelter will call me. That should happen, but unfortunately it doesn't always happen because not every state mandates that uh, an animal that is taken in be scanned for a chip. And don't they say nowadays, too, that maybe uh, a tattoo is better than a microchip because that tattoo is is more visible, it's larger, and is immediately known that this dog is identifiable somehow? That's a great idea. I know that tattoos were done before microchips were invented, so both are good. I wanted Um, to do that for my cat, but I didn't know what to get. 
Hal, you're horrible. Where, yeah, you know, Lori, where I was going to say that. Where would they be that they're more visible? I think oh. they do the ears. Do they don't do they? the ear? Inside the they ear. Do. Yes, ears and stomach, the, I've inside seen. Inside the ear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. The website lostmydoggy.com and lostmykitty, that's K I T T I E.com. We'll put links to those. Actually, it's lost my doggy with an I E and lost my kitty is with a Y. Oh, really? Uh huh. So. Lost my doggy, D-O-G-G-I-E, and lost my kitty, K-I-T-T-Y. Okay, we had them wrong. Well, I hope no one loses their job over there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it might be Guido the intern, and uh, he's on, walking on thin ice anyway. But uh, we'll put links. We'll check them all out. We'll put links over at AnimalRadio.com of everything you've heard on today's show. And Donna, thanks so much for hanging with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Solid Gold. 40 years is a long time, even in people years, and that's how long Solid Gold has been working to improve the lives of pets everywhere through love, care, and a little thing called holistic pet nutrition. Well-balanced nutrition and recipes you can trust. Try Solid Gold today. We'll head back to the phones next. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 for your calls. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And we will head back to the phones. Here's the toll-free numbers. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Did I mention it was toll-free? Doesn't cost you a penny uh, to talk to Dr. Debbie or to dog father Joey Villani. And this hour... Animal Radio Veterinary Correspondent, Dr. Marty Becker, with if you see these five things in your dog, it's an emergency. That's what he's put up here on the whiteboard. So I guess he's going to talk about the five things that if you see them, you need to get to the vet really fast. I like the stuff like that's always good to know. It is. I'm sure you have your own list. Dr. Debbie, of things. you know we do this every time that he's on, and I'm like, yeah, I got already got one or two. I'm thinking of <laughs> compare lists. Yes. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, you know, stuff that, that scientists will research. Well, they have they have done one on, like, the biggest difference between dogs and cats and why this difference is so. What aside, meow? I was going to say, aside from meow and woof, uh, it's the biggest difference in dogs and cats. And, and why? We'll tell you about it. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? Great. How about you? Very well. You are on with Dr. Debbie. Yes. Hi, uh, Sean. Quick... Hi, I have a quick question. I live in Minnesota, so it's a colder climate, and I have 10 acres. And it's been, I bought it um, after it was vacant for a couple of years. So we remodeled the house and everything, and the pasture has grown up over the last three years. And I was considering buying some goats. And I was wondering if you could recommend a brand that can handle the cold and that would be good. I, we have like a little brush and grass and all that kind of stuff. And then are they very high maintenance in shots, that kind of stuff? Um, if you could help me out with some information about that. Okay, I'll do my best here. <laughs> well, um, Sean, I'll have to tell you that my majority of my patients are dogs, cats, um, creatures with feathers and scales. Um, but we do occasionally see goats at my office. And most cases of when I see goats is unfortunately when they're attacked by dogs. Um, and they also uh, are prone, the males are prone to urinary blockages. So those are kind of the emergency reasons that why I tend to see goats here. 
Um, but, but goats can be great pets, and a lot of people really love them as pets, as well as, you know, the milk production and, and all the herd management. So, you know, I, I personally haven't had goats, but I know a lot of people who really love them. In fact, at vet school, we had some goats that were really affectionate, and they always came up to the the pasture fence, um, and we really bonded with them quite a bit. So they were pretty cool. Um, They do have some needs, though, um, and um, a couple things that you'd probably want to keep in mind. Um, They will need some vaccinations. And they do need a really vigorous deworming protocol. Um, Do you know if there's been animals on this land that you've already, that you purchased? There used to be horses on it. It used to be a horse pasture. Um, And it's just really grown up. So I know that, as far as I know, that's the only thing that's ever been on there before. And the horse barn was totally cleaned out. We totally cleaned it out. There's no remnants of really anything left. When they left they took like the floor out so they had to clean everything they used to have a rubber floor in there for the horses so now it's Uh just like dirt and then half of the barn is concrete and half of it's dirt so they're i mean the there's really no mm, are you right manure manure is that a good word (laughs) um it works yeah Um, (laughs) i love it with the minnesota accent it even sounds uh classier (laughs) it does Okay, excellent. But, uh, yeah, you, you will definitely want to see about getting them vaccinations. Um, and then it, goats primarily are, you know, hay eaters, so we stay away from the grains. And we try to stay to all the nice grassy hays that um, they just uh, will chew on and hopefully chew on that rather than anything within your household or in the immediate environment. But that's the other thing with goats is you got to be ready for that chewing um, behavior. And uh, you want to make sure that, you know, you don't have anything really valuable when it comes to landscaping. Um, you also want to make sure we keep in mind some uh, safe uh, pet plants as well so that they don't ingest a toxic one. So all those things I would definitely research in your area what you have and what is on your property and um, you know, then see about getting a, you know, maybe a starter goat because a lot of people once they get one goat it's, it's very fast and then they'll start getting another and another and they really do kind of grow upon you. Just don't turn your back on them. <laughs> <laughs> I have some friends that learned that one when they uh, got the old butt from behind. <laughs> are there certain breeds of goats that can tolerate the cold better than others, or are they all pretty much the same? You know, that's something I probably can't tell you. I'll fall back to my small animal roots, and I'll, I'll probably misspeak. So, But I'm sure there are, just because with any species, whether they be sheep, goats, um, cattle, um, there are going to be uh, different breeds, and there are oodles from out there. So, um, yeah, you might have to check with your uh, regional area uh, to see what breed might be best. one 405 to talk to Dr. Debbie right now. How are you doing, Karen? I'm lovely. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Little Rock, Arkansas. You are on with Dr. Debbie. Well, hi, Karen. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Miss Debbie? I'm doing fabulous. What kind of critter questions you got today? Well, I've got a female cat about eight years old, and she's got cerebral palsy. Uh, okay. She's been diagnosed with it, and she's becoming more and more aggressive. She's attacking people and dogs. Mm, okay. Was she diagnosed with this as a very young kitten, or was this later in life? I found her when her mother was walking across the front yard, and 
I opened the screen door to see what it was she had in her mouth, and she was only like a week old, and she just dropped her and ran away. And I noticed then that the the mother had the same thing. She didn't, okay. she didn't shake. She kind of wobbled when she walked. Okay. And, and so she'd done that since she, you got her when she was just that little thing then? Oh, yeah. She was only a week old. Okay. Her ears Has were it still down. <laughs> Oh, and they are so adorable at that age. Yes, they are. She was real affectionate and friendly when she was younger, but as she's grown older, I'm just wondering if that palsy has anything to do with making her aggressive. Yeah, potentially. Now, I wanted to ask you, um, has her has her signs, her difficulties, has that gotten worse with time, or is it about the same from when you first had her? About the same. Okay, all right, because that's one distinction, and when we talk about things like, well, cerebral palsy is kind of a human disease, but there are some cerebellar diseases in cats, and there's there's one called cerebellar hypoplasia, which kittens can get, and it tends to be from an infection when they're babies, um, from the panleukopenia infection that their mom gets when um, they're just in utero. Um, or they can even be vaccinated during the pregnancy and the, the kittens will acquire that disease. It's a little bit unusual that the mom had that. Um, so, you know, I guess it can't be impossible that there's something genetic here. But if we're presuming things kind of stayed the same, these type of disorders don't generally get much worse. Um, there are some brain infections that do get worse, and they're kind of more the degenerative type things uh, that go along with time. Now, those conditions, yeah, we could see some worsening of the signs, and you might get some aggression and some behavioral changes, but I would expect all the other things would tend to be getting worse. And I don't know, are you seeing that where her, is she real shaky on her, her feet? Does she fall over, that kind of thing? Oh, she's always done that. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like on a tilt-a-whirl constantly, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. She, she yeah. looks real strange when she walks. She lifts her back feet up to the level of her spine, leans that way, and then puts her foot down. So she's real jerky, and she kind of kicks them out almost like a horse? Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I would tend to think that she may have the cerebellar hypoplasia, which um, that generally won't cause behavioral problems, though. So you might want to get your kitty looked at by your veterinarian. Make sure there's not something else going on, um, because if something else comes up along the way, you know, that might explain her, her grouchiness, whether it be something she's in pain or some other kind of medical problem coming on. Um, so... If, if everything else has stayed about the same, I'm not going to want to blame her condition. Special needs as she may be, uh, you know, I'd say make sure you get her checked over and, and make sure there's nothing else going on that's causing that. Thank you so much for your call, Karen. This is Dr. Debbie on Animal Radio. Give me a call, 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Time for another Nutrilife pet tip. Get to know your dog and look out for signs that might indicate that your dog is sick. Your dog should normally have a hearty appetite, but if they suddenly develop a loss of appetite, or perhaps they have increased vomiting or diarrhea, or they become very thirsty and they have an increased need to urinate, or you see that your dog is confused or weak. These are all symptoms of liver disease. So get in tuned with your dog. And make sure you can spot any symptoms of ill health. That was a Nutrilife Pet Tip. Visit NutriLifePet.com.
Sadly, many dogs suffer with weak joints, affecting their ability to walk. Thankfully, there's Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Neutralife Pet with Sam E, the proven supplement for joint health. Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Neutralife Pet can help restore your animal's quality of life. Buy one box of Ultra Joint and Liver Support and get one free by using coupon code ANIMALRADIO. Order yours at www.neutralifepet.com and get your pet up and running. Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friend's pets also. Give it to them as a present. What a good idea. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Coming up in just a couple of minutes... Animal Radio Veterinary Correspondent Dr. Marty Becker is back. And it says up here on the grease board, you know, he always liked to make it dramatic. <laughs> he put, if you see these five things in your dog, it's an emergency. So I guess he's going to talk about the five things that you should know uh, that if you see them in your dog. It's an emergency. That's on the way with Dr. Marty Becker in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. We're going to head back to the phones. Don't forget, you can ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Oh, BlackBerry, too. It's a free download. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. Uh, listen to the show. Ask your questions. Find out the latest recalls in the news that really affect you. Uh, Judy wanted me to say the number a little slower. I'm sorry. One. Yes, you say it. So you start off slow, and then you end up fast. Eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You remember the first year I couldn't remember it. Yes, the I do. life. Eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. It spells nothing. So uh, you just guys write. have been sharing a studio for too long. I know. <laughs> I know. I want my own. I want <laughs> my own little glass down booth. the hall. Yeah. Yeah. I want a glass booth to separate just me from like you. Just like you. Yeah. What are you working on in that glass booth there? Um, we're talking about the most. You know, well, people who like to be, like you, how trendy, out there, first on something, really hip. The trendiest dog names. Trendy Not dog the names. most popular. Trendy. trendy. Right. Well, you always hear Max and Bella. Yeah, those were but the you're talking, no. you're talking about ones. really trendy names, huh? Really trendy, yeah. Those names that will probably be the most popular names in about 10 years. Oh, okay. That's on the way right here with Lori Brooks. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by those fine folks over at Company of Animals. If you have a dog who runs around and plays, well, that is the perfect kind of dog to have. But if you have a dog that chases other dogs or people, not so fun. If you have a chaser, chances are you're probably getting tired of calling him back and chasing after him. And if that sounds like you, you certainly need this little device right here. That's the pet corrector. Yeah, I know. <laughs> One simple little hiss will solve your problem. You can find out more and order yours today over at companyofanimals.us. Let's hit the phones. Hi, who's this? This is Ariel. What was your name? Ariel. Hi, Ariel. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from today? Um, Orange County, down in Irvine. You sound like you're in a giddy mood, too. I'm okay with it. I have a funny, funny question of a funny, funny cat. Well, we have a funny, funny vet, and her name's Dr. <laughs> Deb, and she's on with us right now. Okay, well, hey great. there. Hi. What do you got I, going on with your kitty? Okay, I have a Siamese cat named Sushi. She's about two years old, and she has a problem with sucking her tail to the point where the tip is discolored, and I don't know what to do or why she's doing it. 
Okay. Well, this is a fun call. And how how old is Sushi? I think she's about probably just over two years. Okay. And has she been doing this behavior since you had her? Yeah, um, pretty much. I adopted her rescue from about seven months ago. Okay. And I didn't Alrighty. really notice it until lately. Alrighty. So you're probably noticing her like you're laying in bed and you've got a wet cold tail slapping on you or something like right. that. Right, and it's, tur- it's discolored now. It's turned from brown to red. Yes. Now, does she does she have any other habits where she sucks on, like, uh, clothing or any other parts of her body or your body? No, just that massage thing with the paws. Okay, so she does a little happy feet thing. Uh, ma- making biscuits, huh? Yeah. Yes. And that's very normal. That's the sign of a happy cat there. Okay, good. So the tail sucking phenomenon, and this is kind of interesting, and when you first said you had a Siamese cat, that just sent up all the red flags because Siamese Uh-oh. cats are they're very special. Um, yeah, they I are. Love them. I love them to death, but they definitely have some kind of loose neuron going on there. <laughs> and tail sucking is one of those behaviors we see a lot with them. Um, oh. Some people believe that it's somehow a um, something that they lacked when they were nursing and they didn't have enough contact with their mom. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It, it, we can actually see that more with problems when, when they're truly just bored. Um, and they just kind of turn to that as kind of a soothing behavior, and they find some self-satisfaction, and that kind of makes them feel good. Oh, um, God, I'm a bad mom. No, <laughs> but there are, things, there are things that we can do to try to, you know, decrease that possibility, and, and it's kind of hard because there's a lot of different factors we can look at, whether it's, you know, she's bored it, and whether she's doing it for attention because actually some cats will do this to get a rise out of us. Um, you start yelling at them, wagging your hands at them, squirting water, whatever it might be. And it's actually negative reinforcement um, for that behavior. So I, have you tried doing anything so far for this? Well, I guess I need to stop the football kick, huh? <laughs> no. how, far, how far can you get them? No, actually, I just I tickle her tummy is what I do. Because I thought it was cute until I noticed it started turning colors. Uh, now, do you tickle her tummy when she does this or to... Just to get her to stop doing it. Okay. See, now, and that actually could be seen as a successful attention-seeking behavior because she's getting a response that she likes out of Uh, that behavior. So when she does that, we don't want to give her undue attention. Got it. We actually... We actually want to try to give her other ways, you know, and if she, if we can't eliminate the sucking behavior, it's completely possible. Some cats, we cannot. Um, and some Siamese love to do this. So we want to give her alternatives. Um, so I would encourage you, we'd like to look for things such as, uh, Kitty Kong type toys. Uh-huh. You can use types that you can put little treats in, little snackies, make it so that she has to work for her food. We want scheduled playtime for her. Um, things like okay. the cat dancer, the feather toys, Got things it. where we can get her active and doing things. Um, and if she, yeah, all of that type of thing. And if she starts to do something that's close to sucking on that tail, we want to redirect it into something else. And I actually have some cats that I will use, um, kitty lollipops, I call them. Oh, and, and they're not really lollipops, but you can actually get little rawhide shoes, such as for dogs. Uh-huh. And train her to that and for a lot of cats they still have this oral urge to chew and to lick and you can redirect it to something like um, the rawhide chew 
Yeah, I guess Otherwise. that's how I got to break myself stuck in my thumb. <laughs> yeah, and and definitely we don't want her to be picking up any habits off of you there. So, yeah, um, I started to wonder if I was an influence. <laughs> <laughs> so much of what we do rubs off on our pets. So well, that is so true. You know, I wonder. I hear about this a lot. I hear about Siamese cats, and I hear that they could have obsessive compulsive disorder. Is really possible for cats to have OCD? Is that true? Oh, it, absolutely. And and this is one of the instances where we can see that where it's kind of a repetitive behavior but they get some pleasure from it so you know there are some cats that i will pursue along this avenue and we'll actually go into behavior modifications and medicine if necessary so if some of these things we just talked about don't help then we might try something like the kitty prozac uh, clomipramine amitriptyline there are some medicines that we can turn to but we realize with the siamese we've got some kind of genetic uh, barriers there and we may not ever get get rid of the behavior, you might be best to redirect it, control right. it somewhere. Well, she fits we- in our family. Yeah. We all have OCD. <laughs> well, that's that's good. And, and Siamese are so much fun. They're entertaining cats, but they do kind of come with their own little behavior peculiarities. So, yeah, they're um, adorable. You guys have a quirky cat there, Ariel. I know. Yeah. I know. With a name like Sushi, maybe it's a punishment. I don't know. <laughs> we thank you for your call today. one 405 8405 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 It's time for another solid gold moment. Solid Gold is a holistic pet food. They've been around for more than 40 people years. You know, Solid Gold began as one woman's commitment to her dogs, and it quickly flourished into America's first holistic pet food brand. Yes, today Solid Gold offers a total of 28 varieties of dry and wet food for both dogs and cats, catering to pets of all sizes, life stages, and diets, and formulated to help support a healthy mind, a healthy body, and a free spirit. I've just taken a moment to take a look at the recipes, and you should too. They include grain and gluten-free formulas. So important, crafted with wholesome vegetables like sweet potatoes, quinoa, pumpkin, chickpeas, as well as healthy whole grain options made with ingredients like pearl barley and brown rice. My friend, I'm happy to tell you about Solid Gold. Solid Gold Holistic Pet Nutrition. Food for free spirits. Our pets aren't afraid to be exactly who they are, and that's why we love them. In a single day, they can be free-spirited goofballs, hard-working protectors, and all-around best friends. They jump and miss, run and fall, and show us the meaning of fun on a daily basis. And they deserve a food that fuels each new adventure. Make the Solid Gold switch today and discover the true benefits of holistic pet nutrition. Solid Gold, food for free spirits. Hi, this is Elaine Boozer on Animal Radio. Stay new to your pets and some of your exes. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Well, it appears that your cat most likely, now don't be offended by this, but it appears your cat most likely does not miss you when you're gone, according to a new study which shows that 
domestic cats, you know, our house cats and stuff, pet cats, do not generally see their owner as a focus of safety and security in the same way that dogs see us. The study observed the relationships between a number of cats and their owners. So they had these varying scenarios going on, and they assessed three different characters of attachment, those being the amount of contact sought out by the cat, the level of passive behavior that the cat exhibited, and also signs of distress caused by the absence of the cat's owner. Well, the results showed that while cats might prefer at times to interact with their owner, they do not rely on their owner for reassurance when they're in an unfamiliar environment. Researchers believe this is because the nature of felines as an independent and solitary hunter just kind of carries on over into the rest of their lives. And the most popular dog names list doesn't generally change much from year to year. We love to do these lists because you love to hear them, and they're fun. But here's something different, and you'll probably notice the different names that are on this, the trendiest names for dogs list. So we're going to start with the trendiest male dog names. Starting at number 10 is Marley. We're going up the list. Number 9 is Ruger, and then Brody, Gunner, Leo. Number five on the list for male dogs is King, and then Loki, Dexter, Thor, and Jax. J-A-X is the number one trendiest name for a male dog. Now, trendiest names for girl dogs, starting at number 10, is Hazel, followed by Callie, then Charlie, Charlie for a girl, C-H-R-L-I-E, and then Marley. Number six is Athena, going up the list to Nala. Willow comes in at number four, then Luna. Elsa is in second place with Piper being the trendiest female dog name now. I'm Lori Brooks. Get breaking animal news anytime you need it at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a Vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio. Lori just gave out the list of the latest, what do you call those? Trendiest names. names. And Piper yeah. topped that list there. What a great name. I like Piper, that. That's Piper. Cute. That's yeah. What were some of the other names on the list? 
Um, the the number one trendiest name for girl dogs was Piper, and for male dogs, it's Jax, J-A-X. Spelled differently. Oh, there Very you go. Cute. So if you're sick and tired of the Maxes and the Bellas, you can think <laughs> out of the box a little bit. It is uh, time to to hook up here with Dr. Marty Becker, Animal Radio Veterinary Correspondent Extraordinaire. Hey, you know what's funny, my friends? I was at the dollar store in Sandpoint, Idaho yesterday getting some Neckos. So I love Neckos. Neko, what are what Neckos? is a Neko? Yeah. Neko wafers. Are, are Neko wafer? wafers, exactly. Those, that's those little... Uh, Neko actually stands for New England Confectionery Company. And they're the same ones that make most of the Valentine hearts. And they have those little flat wafers that are, you know, they come in different flavors. Like there's the chocolate ones everybody likes. And oh, I'm going to check them out now. Well, it's one of those old-fashioned. It's one of those old-fashioned things I had as a kid. But I go through these phases where I like certain things. I like good and plenties. And I like hot tamales. But I'm, I've, been on this, <laughs> I've been on this Neko kick. And so my wife loves chocolate. And now they have, like, you know, Snickers and Reese's uh, peanut butter cups and Milky Ways. Everything's in these little individual packages, so the little bite-sized pieces. So you don't think you're eating that much, you know. So there was there was a person at the counter and somebody behind me that was talking about chocolate, and they're saying, "Oh gosh, Doctor Becker, you shouldn't be getting chocolate." And for your dogs, they both knew I was a veterinarian in town, and I said, "You know, it takes three ounces of chocolate per ten pounds of body weight to cause a problem." And so when I'm talking about the five things that you want to go, oh my gosh, we gotta, we gotta call the vet or we gotta run to the vet. There's so many things that people freak out about, like, oh my god, the dog ate two pieces of chocolate. It's not gonna cause any problem. Okay. Uh, you know, Baker, Baker's chocolate's a whole nother thing and stuff, but just remember that three ounces is what's in a candy bar of milk chocolate per 10 pounds of body weight. So if I took, you know, one of my two dogs here, these three dogs are all about 20 pounds, they'd have to eat two candy bars. And you are in no way advocating chocolate, though. In any no, no, no. Don't give it as a treat. Yes. But if you let's say let's say you're in the Godiva box, you yeah. Know, you got the Christmas box, or they got something for Valentine's Day, and a piece drops down, uh, or you've got one of those bite-sized things, and the dog eats it, it's not going to be a problem. Okay. Let's let's talk about the things that that we go. Oh my gosh! You okay. know, like you get the call and you go bring them right in, and I think the first one starts out with bleeding. Okay. Especially if they're bleeding from uh, an orifice, if they're bleeding from their nose, they're bleeding from their mouth, they're bleeding from their rectum. That's not, let's see how it does over the weekend. That's time to get in there because it can be everything from a dog that's eaten a rodenticide, you know, like decon and is bleeding that way. It can be, uh, you know, the sign of something that has ruptured, a fracture, anything like that. Uh, a two would be vomiting that doesn't stop. And, it's almost like I'm making this stuff up, but I'm not. I had a, a friend of ours call yesterday, and their dog, they went to Petco, got a new toy. The dog went home and ate the leg off of it on uh, Saturday, and now it's vomiting on Sunday. So you go through the thing, is it persistent vomiting? No, just vomited once. Is it straining to go to the bathroom uh, and not going? No, it had one bowel movement, hasn't been straining to go to the bathroom. You know, is it getting really weak or, you know, really depressed? No. So it's probably going to pass. But let's take that dog that's vomited, and it vomits again, and it vomits again. It's trying to vomit every, you know, 30 minutes, and it's dry heaving, and nothing comes up. That's, you need to head in. Okay, so one vomit is not bad? I hardly ever worry about that. Okay. Unless, unless it, and we're coming up in the other stuff. If the dog is extreme, or cat, is extremely depressed, or they collapse, and uh, you see dogs that will do that, and cats will do that. 
then that's an emergency. But just that one-time vomiting is really not much to worry about. Dogs, dogs eat lots of crazy stuff, and they also vomit the crazy stuff. Any dog that collapses, that can be from heat stroke, that can be from an allergic reaction to, uh, you know, an insect bite. It can be from, you know, some, you know, a seizure kind of thing. You want to go in. Um, and anything a dog has an allergic reaction to a medication, to a vaccination, to a bee sting, where you start to see swelling of the face or the body, that's head to the vet time. And I think the, the last one would be loss of consciousness. You'll see a pet that um, sometimes gets injured. You know, might have been hit by something, a, a head injury. You need to head to the vet. So bleeding, persistent vomiting, if they collapse, a loss of consciousness, or any kind of allergic reaction, these are all signs that you need to get to the vet immediately. Yeah, use your best, best your, you know, your doctor mom. Most of them, it's the moms. Your doctor mom, you know what to do if you're a child. <laughs> do the same thing for a pet. Well, most of them are moms. That's not true. I, I <laughs> failed to Dr. Debbie, does your list, is your list uh, pretty much it's, it's, in sync? It's pretty close. Yeah, I got to say, um, for me, I'm like about lifting the lip. And if I ever have people notice white or pale, gums at home. Oh. I don't care what their symptoms are. White gums are not normal. Is that why you guys uh, so lift the lips? Is, is to check the colors of, of the gums? Yeah, part of it is, you know, dental disease as well, but that's a big thing. And then the bloat. Big dogs that bloat up in the abdomen, try to vomit, but nothing can come up. Um, that's definitely always an emergency for me. Or dogs that are, you know, suddenly weak in the back end, dragging their legs. That's a, that's a prompt one for me as well. So uh, those were, yeah, I think we had a lot of crossovers on that. Well, there you go. There you go. East meets west, and they agree there. <laughs> Dr. Marty Becker, thanks so much for hanging with us today. Well, hey, blessings to everybody out there that loves animals. And, you know, it's uh, I, I just thank God every day that we get to have these other species in our house, you know. Aren't they awesome? <laughs> yes. We'll talk to you again very soon. And we're going to head back to the phones for your calls toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Solid Gold. 40 years is a long time, even in people years, and that's how long Solid Gold has been working to improve the lives of pets everywhere through love, care, and a little thing called holistic pet nutrition. Well-balanced nutrition and recipes you can trust. Try Solid Gold today. Also in the news I see today, a very happy bunch of cockatiels. <laughs> 32 cockatiels, in fact, have inherited $100,000 from their uh, millionaire parents who uh, just died this last summer. And apparently, I can't even imagine anyone having 32 pet cockatiels. No, that's, that's a, a lot, lot of birds. Yeah. And uh, they will uh, continue living in an aviary at their $4 million East Ampton home. Whoa. So there's some spoiled birds. Do they birds. need someone to care nice. for them? That's, yeah, that's a spoiled little bird. You want a pet sit, don't you? Yeah, I do. I want a pet sit. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, okay. That's awesome, though, to know that they're going to be taken care of. Yeah, you know what my animals are going to get? Squat. Diddly. I have nothing. That's all they're going to get. I don't know if I'll outlive them. I know for you, Joey, your bird is, what, 30 years old, 35 years old? It's somewhere. You know what? I don't know. I make up a new number each time. But, but <laughs> I, let's put it this way. It's, it's funny you should say that because I was at a, an outing yesterday, and um, we were talking about Gurney, and um, I was 19 when I got Gurney. Gurney was six years old, and I am going to, and I just turned 50 um, um, last week, so you do the math. Yeah, well, Gurney's going to outlive you. I, I hate to say that. Yeah, yeah, I know, any, but you know what? I, I keep I keep saying it's every man for himself. Once I'm once I'm gone, Gurney better figure out a way. You know what I'm He's saying? He's probably working on, on it now. Long, now. Long, long enough. I took you know I I, I carried I carried Gurney long enough. It's about <laughs> time she goes on her own. 
You know, get out of the house. Get your own place, Gurney. There you go. Get a job. Yes, exactly. Okay, let's head back to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 right now. Animal Radio is underwritten by Stella and Chewies. You know, pets thrive when they're fed the same food they'd get in the wild, and meal mixers are an easy, convenient way to add raw, nutrient-rich meat, wholesome fruits, vegetables, probiotics, and antioxidants to any diet. Learn more at StellaandChewies.com. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. You know what they say, if you don't vote, you can't complain. Well, don't tell that to Toby. A New Zealand dog owner got in a lot of trouble for filling out a voter registration form for Toby, his Jack Russell Terrier. Peter Rhodes of Queenstown says he was just trying to make a point about government bureaucracy. But the bureaucrats aren't laughing. A local official said Rhodes may face criminal charges for voter fraud, even though Toby didn't even vote in the recent national election. Toby signed his voter's registration form with a paw print, and his occupation was listed as rodent exterminator. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Friendly Magazine presents the 7th Annual Month-Long Pet Adoption Tour, Get Your Licks on Route 66. With advocate sponsor Shelby, a magical holiday tale coming soon to DVD, along with community sponsors Zeus Dog Toys, Pet Curin, Dermagic, and Blue Dog Bakery. Media sponsor Animal Radio. The tour travels from L.A. to Chicago, powered by Sprint Reynolds, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Log on to Get Your Licks on Route66.com to find out where the tour stops near you. Animal Radio is underwritten by Pet Playgrounds. They are the makers of the safest and most reliable real dog fencing system in the world. A Pet Playgrounds fence is a real physical fence, but it is nearly invisible. It's the most effective and affordable way to protect your dog. And if you use this code, you'll get 10% off. Animal Radio. Use that at checkout, an extra 10% off for you. Learn more over at PetPlaygrounds.com. Hi, Mark. How you doing? Good. How are you today? Very good. Where are you calling from? Norfolk, Virginia. Norfolk, Virginia. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi. Well, hi there. Hello. I, I just have a question. Um, my wife and I, we have uh, two toy Pomeranians, and we we just we switched around their diet probably about a month ago. We went to Nature's Variety, which I guess like the Instinct, which is, has more of a, uh, a protein-based uh, meal. At any rate, um, we're also doing uh, raw Food, you know, just a little bit, like three, ta- three of the little uh, tablet things a day. But the big question is, I, uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a hunter, a deer hunt, and this uh, fall I'm going to go out and uh, do some deer hunting. And if I do uh, bring down a deer, you know, my wife is anti-hunting, and I'm not. But you know, I told her I was thinking, you know, I was going to bring the deer back, the deer meat back, and that I was thinking about since we have the dogs on the raw meal or the raw meat, whether or not uh, we could uh, give the dog some of that venison in the pure form, in the meat, because it looks like this uh, the food that we have here is kind of like almost been a little bit dehydrated. It, it, uh, it thaws real quick, but I was thinking we could go with some venison meat. And my wife expressed concern about that, worried about whatever possible diseases might be in the meat or whatever, and I'm just calling to see what uh, your opinion is on that. Yeah. And, oh gosh, 
my opinion on raw food diets, I'm not a fan of them. I, I know that the the argument for raw food diets is that that's what dogs eat in the wild and that's what they were kind of built, made for um, nutritionally. But um, in the pet setting and in a household setting, um, I, I think that it is a lot of stress and a lot of effort that is placed on the individual pet owner to become a nutritionist. And um, I I really don't advocate it. Not that the venison could not be fed because there are a lot of venison-based dog food diets out there. But but my concern is that kind of twofold. Is One is that we're introducing raw meats into the home situation, which puts not only them at risk for foodborne illness, um, but even yourselves, because anytime that kind of raw diet is fed, you have the potential for um, bacterial-related diseases um, being passed in the household. Um, the, the other thing that I have a problem with is that, um, you know, these are little dogs we're talking about. And in most small dogs, um, you know, a 10-pound dog only needs 200, maybe 300 calories a day. So when we start adding all these other things into their food, um, it might be a useful, you know, use of those um, meat sources. So they're not going to waste. But, um, you know, there's calorie needs for these little guys. They only need a small amount of food. And um, I just don't see the need to kind of add in things there. But I know a lot of veterinarians out there may share a different opinion. Um, I, I just, I don't embrace that raw food diet. I'd like to uh, go with sound uh, veterinary nutrition that, um, you know, we know. Well, has, uh, yeah, yeah, what we do is we, uh, in the morning when I get up, um, I get up early, so I just take out, like I said, we just do three of those little little meat uh, tablets or, or, I guess, or medallions, I guess, for each one of them, for both of them, you know, three and three. And then if we, they, they basically will go back in the cage till I get home or my wife uh, gets home from work, which is usually about five or six in the afternoon. And then we have out the, uh, the regular, uh, you know, little regular dog food that you, that you see, but it's that nature's variety, which is more the higher protein. And then they'll they'll snack off of that as much as they will. But raw the the raw food the raw meat portion of it seems like it lasts them quite a while. Uh, we have the cat our cats on the same thing. And you know one of the things I noticed right away with the cats is that the litter box is, it doesn't smell anymore. You know it uh, they they aren't defecating as much. I mean they still urinate as much as they used to because they're still drinking water, but they don't defecate as much because it is higher protein. And uh, I don't know it's just. I've noticed some pleasantries, like the dog, dogs, when they defecate, it just, it's not as, I don't know how to put it, you know, it just doesn't seem as sloppy as it did before. I don't know if that's the proper way to look at it, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there, I know there are definitely benefits that, that many folks have, have reported. Um, but as far as, I guess, I just fall upon the consistency and in prepared diets and, and knowing that you have a, you know, a, nutritionist kind of behind that and for folks and there are definitely especially with this pet food recall um, in years past there are good resources to help people design if they want to do home cooked diets and, and that is something that you know if I have someone who's really sincerely wants to go that route you know I, I respect that decision I don't agree with it <laughs> but I would want to make sure that we're kind of being educated about it and using some tools um, right. and there is actually a very good veterinary resource which is out to the, the public um there's a book by a, a Dr. Strombach and that's about homemade diets. So I'd want to have some resource such as that. Or there's websites that can help with a veterinary nutritionist that kind of helps gu- give you guidelines on things. Because, you know, there's about, you know, four to nine different types of 
supplements, if we're calling um, a home food diet a home food diet, that you might have to actually add into a pet's food, whether that's a raw diet or you know just something you're cooking up at home. So um, I would definitely, well, we if you're kind of going that route, be cautious and, and, and look for good resources to help you along that way. Um, but I'm going to tell you, ugh, I'd stay away from the raw diets. <laughs> Husband and dogs all running around the place. <laughs> well, then I just think it makes good sense for all of us to pack on up, go on outside, take our dogs and cats or iguanas. Or husbands. Or, let's take them for a walk right now. They need a walk. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. I want to thank Dr. Marty Becker, Donna Lewis, and Doc Halligan all for joining us. Remember, you can get your fix all week long at AnimalRadio.com and download the Animal Radio app now if you haven't done it. Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, specifically written for Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, and Mini Schnauzers. They're available over at Amazon as Kindle Books, and we have links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.